right, hey, what's going on? Happy Monday, happy Labor Day, and welcome to Chatterbox Reds. My name is Nick Kirby. Chatterbox Reds is your daily home for live post-game shows after every Reds game on YouTube and podcasts like you're listening to right now, always available bright and early the morning after every Reds game. We are presented, as always, by Betfred Sportsbook. Coming up on today's show, myself and Shay Neal discuss Sunday's Reds game. I'll recap all the Reds minor league action and preview the Reds series starting on Monday against the Seattle Mariners. But first, here's what happened on Sunday at Great American Ballpark. Carson Spires made his big league debut for the Reds, called into action with the Reds starting rotation in a state of emergency with uh, three starters on the COVID IL, Graham Ashcraft out with a toe injury, and Spires called up from AA. He was in the Chattanooga Lookouts bullpen just a month ago, uh, but uh, got put into the rotation and had a lot of success over the last month, and the Reds decided to give him a chance. In the top of the first, Spires gave up a run on a 67-mile-an-hour single by Cody Bellinger, but Spires battled back to get the final two batters out and limit the damage. Bottom of the first, Reds came right back. TJ Friedel and Spencer Steer hit back-to-back home runs off Cubs starter Jamison Talion. That made it 2-1 Reds. Top of the second, the Cubs scratched across two more runs off Spires. They took the lead back at 3-2, but then the Reds got it right back with a two-run home run by Tyler Stevenson to take a 4-3 lead. And then Carson Spires really settled in. He retired seven straight batters and ended his day with a really strong line, all things considered. Four innings pitched, five hits, three runs, two walks, and seven strikeouts. Jason Sharif pitched a perfect fifth inning for the Reds in his Reds debut. But Sharif did come back out in the sixth, gave a solo home run to Cody Bellinger. That tied the game up at four. But then in the bottom of the sixth, Christian Encarnacion Strand doubled with two outs. Tyler Stevenson got his third hit of the day to drive home CES, and that put the Reds up 5-4. to four. But then in the top of the seventh, Ian Jabot nearly got out of the inning, but Tyler Stevenson dropped a really tough foul tip that would have been strike three, ending, ending the inning. And then, of course, Ian Happ hit a 77.5-mile-an-hour single, Tied the game up at five. But the reels really fell off in the top of the eighth. Derek Law came in. He could not get an out. David Bell went to Alexis Diaz, kind of as a Hail Mary with the bases loaded. Nick Madrigal singled with a drawn in infield. And then the Cubs really poured it on. They scored seven runs in the inning and took a 12-5 lead. Reds dig it two runs back in the bottom of the eighth on a two RBI double from Novi Marte. But the Reds would end up falling 15-7, having to settle for a series split against the Chicago Cubs. Reds now 71-68 and on the season. Here's what David Bell had to say after the game. Carson Spires pitched a, a good game for us. He, you know, it all happened really fast for him, and uh, I thought he got better as he went. And uh, you know, that was that was the start of the game, and he, he gave us everything he had. <clears throat> With Carson, how much? Uh, I mean, that you touched on how tough of a situation that is for him to do that, and and then to bear down in <clears throat> third and fourth 
pretty impressive for him. Absolutely. He, you know, like I said, his cutter, he kind of found his cutter in the second and third. Um, that's a good pitch for him and threw strikes. Um, you know, for his first outing to step up like that with a tough start and just keep it in stronger as he went. Um, you know, we we knew he was prepared, but uh, to really step in and show what he's capable of doing and, you know, a tough start against a good team. And here's what Red's starting pitcher, Carson Spires, had to say about his big league debut. That's right. I like to compete. I like, no matter what the situation is, um, I like to be handed the ball. So uh, today, luckily, it was being a starter, whether keep starting, being on the pin. I just like to compete. That's who I am. So I'll always be. So that's my game. What, what worked well for you? What didn't work so yeah, well. early uh, I was leaving some things kind of arm side. Um, really wasn't finishing pitches, so uh, DJ and Stevenson got me down kind of between innings and kind of just made an effort to, like really finish the pitches basically. Um, so then kind of later in the game was able to kind of get some balls, especially in into lefties um, that kind of helped open up that side of the plate. Um, and then the slider also kind of got back to what it is um, early, whether you call it pregame jitters or whatever it just kind of was harder out of my hand I wasn't getting the sweep that I wanted um but like I said finishing the pitches kind of got me back to where I wanted to be you mentioned the adjustments kind of how that third inning feel yeah that was that was it um kind of felt like the adrenaline kind of wore off in the third and it was more just kind of go time basically um it's easy to say because it was a clean inning but uh really did I felt like like I said I felt like I've uh, my pitches were kind of more sharp, um, whether that was being out in front of them um, or just kind of being more relaxed on the mound. Um, that third inning was definitely definitely what I need to be. So, All right, checking the NL wildcard standings. Philadelphia Phillies uh, holding the first wildcard spot with a commanding five-and-a-half game cushion. Cubs holding the second wildcard spot. Now a pretty strong cushion for them. They got three games ahead of the third wildcard spot. And the third wild card spot, it is crowded. The Diamondbacks and Giants both lost. The Marlins won on Sunday. So now the Reds are in a four-way tie for the final wild card spot with the Diamondbacks, Marlins, and Giants. 23 games to play for the Reds. Still tied for a playoff spot. Reds do, for what it's worth, have the easiest schedule uh, by far of the four remaining teams. But as we saw in 2021, easy schedule doesn't always mean anything, but definitely does help give the Reds a little bit better of a chance. All right, here's myself and Shay Neal on Chatterbox Reds Live on YouTube talking about Sunday's game. All right, what is going on? Welcome to Chatterbox Reds Live postgame show presented as always by Betfred Sportsbook. Nick Kirby along with Shay Neal. Trying to make some sense of a tough afternoon for the Cincinnati Reds. Shay, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. I, I'm, it's good to be back. It's been a little bit since I've been on the show, but uh, I just before we get into it, uh, I saw Scott comment this. I want to make sure because I'm sure uh, there will be a couple people that say this as well, and I'm glad Craig commented as well because this is what this was about. Scott said, not speaking against me, but Craig's been on the Reds' win additions, and uh, you know there is a science to that. Like I said uh, before the end of the game, Shea on the show has been a roller coaster this year. We've had a lot of really goods, a lot of really bads, and uh, not a lot of in between. Uh, it's just been, it's been a you know one end of the spectrum or the other, like you said, Nick. Well, and you know what? Look, we can't we can't push our luck with Craig. 
Uh, we already got our, our, we already got the series split, so let's not push it. Well, well and first... I feel like all Chatterbox guests get off to hot starts. Yeah, the, fir- yep. the first, the first show I was on, Graham Ashcraft struck out ten. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. That was a, it was a spring training game, but yep. <laughs> <laughs> tell you what, Shay, this was a. A fun weekend of baseball. I mean, other than obviously the last, you know, two innings of this where it went off the rails. This was a fun weekend, man. These games are 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 exciting as a fan to watch. There hasn't been, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, Shay. There really has been so few like September yeah. playoff chases for the Reds. Like, even if you think back to 2010, Reds ended up running away with the NL Central. Mm-hmm. 2012, they clinched with like two weeks left in the season. 2013. You knew they were going to make the playoffs. It was just a matter of are they going to win the division or, or be in the wild card. And uh, there's been like so few of these races that have come down to the last week. Again, it may not come down to last week for the Reds. It could um, you know, go sideways as a possibility. But with, I think, 23 games now to play, these games do matter, and they are fun. They are exciting. Um, and really, this week, it's just, man, hopefully the Reds can just stay afloat this week with, with everything going on. And I'm glad you said that because I was kind of thinking the same thing. 2020 was such a weird season for me that uh, I really didn't, you know, savor the chase that was there. The Reds obviously snuck into the playoffs as the seven seed out of the eight teams to make it. But I really didn't think of that as a, quote, playoff chase. Um, So this year has been a lot of fun. And I mean, no matter what your fandom has been the last couple months, and I'm not going to tell you how to be a fan. There's some people that are more upset than others. There's some people that are more optimistic than others, more pessimistic than others. That's totally fine. Be a fan however you want to be a fan. But I think, you know, the fact that, like you said, Nick, there has not been many September uh, September 3rd games where the Cincinnati Reds are playing a very important game uh, for the fate of their playoff status. Uh, of course, we didn't. We wanted it to go a little better than it did today, but uh, this has been a lot of fun the last you know couple months. Uh, hopefully they can uh, find a groove and end the season on a good note and get to the playoffs, but no matter how you spin this 2023 Red season, the fact that they are playing meaningful games in September, nice breath of fresh air after the last five years. So, Shay, let's start with the series overall. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most people said coming in, you probably are expecting a split. Sure enough, it's a split. Yeah, Reds are, if we're being realistic, very fortunate to get a split. <laughs> you know, they trailed in the ninth inning in two of these four games that they won. Um, where are you at kind of overall on, on this weekend? That was an emotional roller coaster. I'm kind of in the middle on it. It definitely could have gone better. Uh, there were opportunities that they did not capitalize on, but there, it also could have gone worse. Like you said, uh, they were just a couple batters away from potentially being four games swept by the Cubs. And again, would that have been seven straight losses against the Cubs if they got swept in this series? Cause they got swept at Wrigley, right? No, there was a four game series. They lost the final three. Oh, final three. So, okay. But they it would have been seven in a row, yeah, but, they yeah. Didn't get, yeah. but they found a way to muster a couple wins across it. Would have loved to see them win three out of four, but you stay afloat, which has been really the motto of the Cincinnati Reds of the last month. Stay afloat, stay treading water. Eventually they are going to have to start winning games uh, against, you know, other playoff contenders. But for right now, going two and two keeps you in the thick of it. Um, it we'll see how the Giants and the Diamondbacks do later today. But they came in today tied for a playoff spot and holding tiebreakers against both Chicago and Arizona. So uh, they still have, uh, you know, a pretty solid shot with three weeks to go. Crucial series now coming up against the the Mariners where we have no idea even who's going to pitch tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, the Reds are going to be putting 
uh, Connor Phillips and Lyon Richardson in games two and three. Fortunately for the Reds, they will miss Luis Castillo, but this is, man, this is honestly a series where I, I, I maybe it's loser mentality, but, man, just get one. Just find a way to get one win. Don't get swept by the Mariners and keep it moving because after that, you're only going to play one or two playoff contenders the rest of the season. The Mariners are playing some amazing baseball right now. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it'd be ideally – you find a way to get a win against Brian Wu tomorrow. Obviously, that's going to be difficult because we don't even know who the heck's pitching for the Reds. Uh, but if you can find a way to get a win over Brian Wu, it puts you in a position to try and go for that series win twice. But I think you, if you're going to win one, I think you need to get it early, Nick, because Logan Gilbert is an absolute dog, and Bryce Miller is one of my favorite rookie pitchers in all of baseball. He has got disgusting strikeout stuff. Yeah. Uh, but the Reds are going to need the offense, Shay, to get cooking. And yeah. you know what? That's the biggest positive from the day, putting up seven runs. Um, yes, we know Jamison Tal- Talion came in struggling, but the Reds have made a lot of pitchers that came in struggling look pretty good. So they made a guy that came in struggling look like a guy that was struggling. So that was positive to see. Uh, let's start with Tyler Stevenson. What what a huge day for him. He's yeah. really looked like he's made some adjustments. Uh, I'm just I'm, I'm putting my, my hands in the air, praying, please let Tyler Stevenson be back. The Reds need any and every offensive contributor they can, but on base four times today, hit a home run. Man, he, he's looking a lot better, and, yeah. and that's just so huge, especially, man, when you look at the Reds' schedule, it's teams that, man, you should be able to score some runs on if you just have a couple guys that are hot. Yeah, no doubt about it. And he, uh, they didn't get him out today. And I think, uh, you know, I'm not at the point yet where I'm saying – uh, you know, we're looking for things in September to be excited about because what we're excited about in September is the chance to make the playoffs. But uh, what a win it would be for not just the Cincinnati Reds, uh, but also Tyler Stevenson. If he had a big month of September, that makes both Tyler and the Reds feel much better going into 2024. Uh, and he's off to a great start the first couple of days of September, not only, you know, getting hits, Nick, but it's not, you know, those bloop singles or those kind of, lucky kind of in between two infielder hits that we've seen Tyler have at points this year. He's hitting the ball hard. He's putting good swings on the baseball. He's got a couple home runs in the last couple of days. Uh, so this isn't, you know, this isn't just good fortune. This is good at bats leading to hard hit balls, leading to success. Two other guys today uh, hit some home runs uh, that needed them. Uh, Spencer Steer hit his 19th home run of the year, but Spencer Steer had not hit a home run since August 9th. So it, it's it, he hasn't been playing terrible. Like no. he's at, he's actually been hitting decent, but it's been a long time since he hit a home run. Hopefully that gets some of that power back. Reds, you know, we we talked about it all weekend. Reds had one home run in the first three games. If the Reds did three home runs on Sunday. That's a huge sign because Reds have got to find a way to hit some home runs. Um, that'll make some of the other guys that are slumping. Uh, it, you can kind of get away with it if you're hitting home runs. Um, TJ Friedel hit a home run. TJ Friedel hadn't hit a home run since uh, August 19th. Uh, that was his 12th of the year. So, you know, two guys that have had some power. Obviously, Spencer's here a little bit more than Friedel, but Friedel has had that kind of sneaky power. Good to see both of those guys get on track. Reds need that down the stretch. Yeah, and Steer was just a couple feet away from having a two-home run day today. Uh, he nearly clocked another one off Tyone in the sixth inning. Uh, but, uh, yeah, like you said, uh, TJ Friedel uh, ha- found a – you know, a little bit of a power stroke uh, early in the season. He's not hit as many home runs as late. He hit a couple in the last couple of weeks, but uh, really clocked one in the right center field to help tie the Reds up. 
And then uh, Steer, I mean, he just absolutely clocked his. Uh, I think, uh, you know, you look at it, we, uh, I've said it before on this show, Nick, that, uh, you know, Spencer Steer, we talk about him, but we don't talk about him with the same level of excitement that we talk about Ellie and we talk about McLean and we talk about Noel V. Marte and we talk about CES and Andrew Abbott because, you know, he doesn't have the same flash and the same pizzazz that those guys have. We're sitting here the first weekend of September with the Reds in the middle of a playoff push. And Spencer Steers hitting 270 with an 811 OPS in a season where, I mean, he's just been so consistently good all year long. How many rookies in Major League Baseball, Nick Kirby, can you say comfortably? Uh, it's got to be, you know, there's only four or five guys that I think could do it, that could spend a whole season for the most part hitting in the three hole with an OPS over 800 on a playoff contender. Not a lot. Not a lot. Not a lot. Not, yeah. And he's, um, just having a really special series where he's just uh, a season where he's, uh, you know, really done everything the Reds have, have possibly um, asked of them and more. Uh, a couple other guys uh, offense, and we'll get into the pitching and David Bell and whatever else, you know, people want to talk about. Novi Marte, Will Benson each doubled. Good to see that. Christian and Carnacion Strand also doubled. The guy that I want to talk about here for a second. But again, that's a lot of extra base hits that we've just counted up. <laughs> Reds in that first game on Friday didn't have a single extra base hit. So to see the Reds finally, you know, hitting the ball with, with some authority, you know, getting some extra base hits, that was huge. But Christian Encarnacion and Stram, I've said it. Trace has said it. I don't know if we're just trying to hope and feel a little too much. I feel like CES is about to get hot. I feel like he's going to have a big September. He has had significantly better at-bats in the last couple of weeks. Uh, he's not, I think, you know, the first couple of weeks that he was up, he was trying so hard to kind of like what we saw with Bill Benson. He was trying so hard to have that big swing and have that big hit that really cemented him here in Cincinnati that I think he was overthinking it a little bit. I think that walk-off against the uh, – oh, geez, who did he hit the walk-off against? Was it against uh, Blue, Jays. Blue, Blue Jays. Blue Jays, thank you, Toronto. Uh, I think that walk-off really kind of you know allowed him to take a deep breath because since then I've seen a lot of really good at-bats. Uh, the homers will come. He's got too much raw power for the home runs not to come. But if the at-bats continue to improve from a quality standpoint, he's going to be a really dangerous middle-of-the-order hitter. All right, to the pitching. To the pitching. I just saw this tweet. And I don't know, maybe it'll give you some hope with the pitching. Cubs average 7.54 runs per game against the Reds this season. That's the second most the Reds have allowed to opponent since they faced the team at least 10 times since 1901. Which, that's wild because the Reds had held the, held the Cubs to, what, one run? On Saturday, what did they hold them to two runs on Friday night? Yeah. And they still average that much. So hopefully that's just one of these things, you know, when, when you see a team give up a 15 spot, you know, well, wow, man, the Cubs just maybe had the Reds number a little bit. I think, and I think it was that weekend in Wrigley, Nick, because I think I yeah. have to double check, but I think that, uh, I think that first three, four games, the Reds played the Cubs this year. They played them pretty well. And uh, then that weekend in Wrigley came and they put up like 12, 13 runs a game. Yeah, 13, 13 runs off uh, poor Ben Lively. Yeah, so that's uh, that's something. Shout out to that. Uh, shout out to the Cubs. And and, they, and Jay, the Reds won this season series. I know. The Cubs. <laughs> they, they, they had to crawl across the finish line to win the season series, but they won the season series. And I'll tell you what, now when you're playing division teams only 13 times in a year, we see how valuable it is to get off to a 4-0, and 5-1 start against these yeah. teams because the second half of the year, the Cubs were bodying the Cincinnati Reds, and they still come away with a season series win. Wild. 
What a time to be alive. All right, let's uh let's talk about Carson Spires first. This guy deserves some 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 praise. Guy that was in the uh double A bullpen a month ago. Got a chance to start. Pitched really, really well for Chattanooga. And as well as he pitched, it was never enough to say, All right, let's bring this guy up to the show. It was because of the Reds dire situation with three guys on the COVID IL plus Graham Ashcraft um on the IL with a toe injury. And this kid, I mean, he yeah. showed a lot of a lot of moxie today. Seven strikeouts uh, went right after the Cubs hitters, and and really him and it, it reminded me of Lyon Richardson, who didn't have the results, but he in his in his first start he went right at um, whoever the team was they were playing. And uh, look, it was it was good to see him and uh, kept this team in the game, gave this team a chance. Felt really good early in the game when he was on the mound. Uh, I thought he really pitched well, and uh, kid deserves a lot of credit uh, rooting for him the rest of the way in his career. And a cool family. It was cool having his fa- yeah. his family with the interview and how uh, excited and proud they were. Yeah, no doubt about it. And it was a uh, it was a cool moment. And uh, I agree with a lot of people in the chat that are and you, Nick, uh, that uh, for the situation he was thrown in. Originally, they thought he was going to pitch on Tuesday. They asked him to pitch today. Uh, coming up from Double A, where he was in the bullpen a month ago, he was dang good. Um, and I mean, I saw this post from, uh, Kyle body of driveline and, uh, I thought this was very interesting when he was at Clemson back in 2020, of course, the 2020 draft was very weird. It was only five rounds. So a lot of guys from 2020 were quote UDFAs. He would have been drafted if it was a normal draft, but pitching for Clemson in 2020, his stuff plus numbers, which of course hundred is average. His fastball was a 64 topping at 92 miles per hour. Slider was a 99, so average, and his changeup was an 88. This year in the Reds organization, his fastball is a 104, topping at 96. His slider is a 92, his cutter an 84. Excuse me, sorry, his sinker is a 92, his cutter is an 84. Slider a 123, now a plus pitch, and his changeup a 92 nearing league average. So he now throws five pitches instead of three. His fastball has gotten significantly better with more life on it. His slider is a good strikeout pitch. He, he looked good today, and my favorite thing is something that we don't see with a lot of Reds pitchers this year. He attacked hitters. He went after guys. He wasn't scared. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, um, I'm assuming that's probably it. I I hope that's it because that would mean that, that, that uh, you know, guys like Green, Lively, um, Williamson aren't on the, the COVID aisle too long and aren't really sick or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, a good start from him, and uh, you know, just another guy. It's good to have these guys stockpiled in your farm system, uh, as many quality arms as you can possibly have. Yeah, uh, to keep going. Not to you know, not to look too far ahead, but as we've seen, you know, throughout the course of the second half of this season, the Reds may be in the market for some bullpen arms, Nick, and with a plus slider and a fastball that peaks now in the mid nineties. I mean, there's roles there. Yeah, no question about it. And look, I- I've said it a million times. I do not want the Reds to go out and spend all their uh, free agent dollars on bullpen arms. Uh, I think that's a fool's errand. Uh, I think that's a way you can blow money. I, I don't think the Reds have the – the Reds are never going to have the budget that I think warrants them to go out and just spend a ton of money on relievers. They need to draft. They need to develop. They need to acquire. They need to bring up relievers. Look at the Milwaukee Brewers bullpen. Go look at their bullpen and look at how much they're paying those guys. They dumped Josh Hader because he got too expensive. It, the Reds need to have a, a, a bullpen that is is cheap. Um, and this bullpen this year is cheap, and it's done a great job. I'd like to see them improve it even a little bit more, make it a little bit better of a strength, and take it from a 
a good bullpen to a great bullpen to a bullpen where you get to the se- you know sixth seventh inning, the other team feels like they have no chance. Like that's that's what I would like to see the Reds do. Um, and, and guys like Carson Spires and any of these other guys that you can um, you know draft, develop, and and, and get up to the show um, is a good thing. Shout out to to Chase and Sharif. You know, pitched a, a scoreless inning. Did you have an issue with them that letting him face Bellinger? I know Bellinger. I saw a lot of people, you know, bringing up his splits this year. But if you look mm-hmm. at his career splits, it's it's he's it's the other way. I, I didn't have an issue trying to get an extra batter there. Mm-hmm. Well, let's you know let's let's backtrack because I I want to go through the the complaints and share our our thoughts on it. Yeah, I had no issue pulling Spires eighty seven pitches. He hadn't gone more than 95 all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first batter was two for two off of him. The first batter was a lefty. You brought in Sharif, who was a lefty, um, and, and Sharif pitched a one, two, three inning. Do you have any issues with them pulling Spires after four innings? Absolutely not. Like like we hinted at, you know, a month ago, this guy was in the bullpen in double A. He was rushed to make his major league debut because they needed a pitcher. He pitched very well in that third and fourth inning. He responded nicely to some bad luck at the start. Uh, a little bit of nerves at the start. Uh, and, you know, like you said, he had thrown 87 pitches. He was facing the top of the lineup. That's a really good top of the Cubs lineup. Nico Horner, Ian Happ, Cody Bellinger, Dansby Swanson. Um, I think after the third and fourth inning that he had, you let that kid have some confidence and you let him leave, you know, feeling really good about himself. Because in that third and fourth inning, he was really good. To kind of jump a little bit around, this is basically what we're talking about here. The options would have been let Spires go one more inning. So you could not have to pitch Derek Law. I mean, let's be real here. Like Derek Law has a low three RAs in the major leagues this season. <laughs> like Derek Law is a legitimate major league pitcher. Carson Spires, a guy that was called up on an emergency spot start. I cannot, under any circumstances, be mad that you basically chose an inning over Derek Law over no. Carson Spires. I, I well, just I feel like that's really, really and Nick, I mean it's second you know, guessing. It's easy to, you know, it's easy to play the hypothetical, but we talked about Carson Spires. I mean, he was a little shaky that first two innings with a combination of nerves and just facing some really good Cubs hitters that know how to put the ball in play. You send him out for that fifth inning already approaching 90 pitches, a guy that hasn't thrown more than 95 at all this year, and there's a good chance that that part of the Cubs order scratches a run or two across, and we're talking about the complete opposite. Why did David Bell leave him in? Yeah. So the next spot that was interesting um, – David Bell elected to try to get one more out with Sharif against the lefty Bellinger. I, I really, honestly, it's kind of like flip a coin, you know, letting Sharif face Bellinger left on left versus just going to Lucas Sims there. That's maybe the one where I would say, yeah, go with your best guy. But again, it, it's really almost like a coin flip situation. Mm-hmm. Cody Bellinger put a good swing um, and had a great series. Any yeah. Any thoughts on that one? I I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I know there's going to be a lot of people that say Lucas Sims because he is the more talented pitcher with the better stuff. I was fine with them letting Shreve face Bellinger. Like you hinted at Cody Bellinger's just been hitting everybody in baseball over the last couple months. Um, And my thoughts on it was the two, the two areas where, uh, or the area, I guess where Cody Bellinger really thrives is he hammers breaking balls. Um, and I think that, you know, Lucas Sims, really good pitcher who has had some big, big outs for the Reds in his career here, but his two biggest weaknesses, uh, Nick are his free, uh, his walk rate. He puts guys on base and his, he hangs that breaking ball sometimes. So as good of a breaking ball as it is, 
with that being his primary swing and miss pitch and his uh, his uh, lackluster control at times, I was fine with them leaving Shreve, trying to get one more guy. And at the end of the day, I mean, you just tip your hat to a guy over the last six weeks has been one of the five, six best hitters on the planet. Oh, and I mean, you could also add this to maybe the the mix of your thoughts in this. I mean, obviously, you're just trying to get any out you can to get through this game. It really, this whole week, it's anyone that can get you an out is almost like, thank yeah. you, you know? Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, Cody Bellinger, obviously, coming to this into this series, I'm sure he looked at a lot of film on a guy like Lucas Sims, right? You know, mm-hmm. was studying, you know, that obviously has already faced Sims. Jason Shreve was called up today, was called up, hadn't pitched. So probably doesn't have a whole lot of, you know, intel. Wasn't really watching well, and, him all that close as well. So maybe it's a guy who could sneak by Cody Bellinger. Yeah. It, it didn't work. And it didn't it's it it didn't age well because as soon as I tweeted this, Nick, uh, he gave up the home run to Bellinger. But something I've liked about Chase and Shreve really since his uh his days with the Yankees, he's kind of got funky stuff from that left. He's got kind of a weirder arm slot where it's not it's not completely unnatural, but it's not natural either. And then he's got his three primary pitches are sinker, splitter, slider. So you've got the sinker coming into lefties, the slider moving away, and the splitter going straight down. So every single pitch that Chase and Shreve throws uh, moves and moves in drastically, uh, violently different directions. So I've kind of always been a sneaky Chase and Shreve fan. Um, so we'll see what they do with him. But uh, I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by his pitch mix. I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if the Reds keep him up here for a week or two to see what he's got and have a third lefty. Yeah. All right. Then uh, Sims threw 18 pitches. Jabot threw 18 pitches. That got you to the eighth. It was a tie game. Um, and uh, Bell decided to go with Derek Law, setting it up. Sam Mole and Buck Farmer each pitched on Friday and Saturday. They were the only two pitchers that pitched on both days. I'm assuming both guys were unavailable, which would make sense. TJ Antone, I doubt the Reds were going to try to use him in back-to-back days. No. He only did he only did that once um, at AAA, and the the time that he did it was his last time, and he only got two batters out. Um, in one of those appearances. So he hasn't even gone back-to-back games where he got three batters out. Mm-hmm. Daniel Duarte was the other option, but he threw 40 pitches on Friday. And then I guess Brett Kennedy was also the option, but I think you, you see why he <laughs> you see why you wouldn't wanted to go to him first. And look, Derek Lawls had a had a nice year. Um he had a stinker of a day. This is a guy that that came in with a 3.23 ERA on the season in 45 games. It just didn't happened today i i don't i don't know what you want to do yeah and i mean it's a tough it's a tough situation because it's like you said i mean yes you know you don't want i don't think Derek law would be the uh would be the option we go to in the eighth inning on a normal day but this has not been a normal weekend a double hitter a double header on day one of the series uh and plus facing a lot of cubs batters that like we said are very disciplined at the plate run a lot of high pitch counts get the starters out of the game pretty quick uh i think you know at the end of the day uh and i've been uh, you know i've tried my best to credit david bell when it's due and criticize david bell when it's due but i just i don't know what you could have done differently today the only other pitcher that i could even think of that was available was Daniel Duarte. And I mean, at the end of the day, Duarte is still a rookie and Derek law has been a big league pitcher for almost a decade. Yeah. Well, it is what it is. Um, like we said at the beginning, I'm thankful the reds got a split because it very easily could have been a lot worse this Much weekend. Worse. Um, it, it would take, uh, 
to pass to 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 catch the Cubs, which only you actually you only need to catch the Cubs because you do hold the tiebreaker. But to catch the Cubs being three back, I mean, it would take a lot of uh, bad play by the Cubs down the stretch. But you know what? Cubs have been hot, and maybe they're due for it. You know, yeah. so we'll see what happens. But the Reds are definitely still in a race, um, even if it is just Reds, Giants, D-backs. I mean, the Reds are right there with those those teams, and we'll we'll see. Um, how it plays out, and hopefully the Reds can uh, uh, hold it along. Uh, well, I will point this out because I know a lot of people are talking about Spires, and we've already touched on Carson Spires, but something that was mentioned on the broadcast that uh, I thought was cool, Spires ended the day with seven strikeouts in four innings. Uh, that is the first pitcher to strike out seven in a big league debut, a rookie for the Reds to strike out seven in a big league debut since Hunter Green last year against the Atlanta Braves. Of course, Hunter Green came with a lot more hype to him than Carson Spires did. So the fact that he came up – uh, I'm sure on very, very short notice, uh, probably had less than 48 hours to think about pitching in his major league debut and struck out seven and in four innings. Pretty impressive debut. All right, let's get you caught up on all the Reds minor league action from Sunday. Start off with AAA Louisville bats, tough one for them. They lost seven, one to Omaha bats now 68 and 62 on the season. Also a tough day for Jose Barrero. Oh, for four with three strikeouts. Uh, Pitching-wise, Christian Roa, an okay start, four innings pitch, five hits, three earned runs, two walks, did strike out six batters. Tony Santion in his first outing since he cleared waivers after getting DFA'd by the Reds. Didn't go well. He gave up three hits and two runs and two walks in his inning of work. Double-A, Chattanooga Lookouts, they lost 5-3 to Pensacola. Lookouts now 68-57 on the year, but Blake Dunn, the show, Continued on. Dunn was one for three, hit his 22nd home run of the year. Also walked. Blake Dunn hitting 347 with an OPS over a thousand at double A. Tough day for Reese Hines. He was 0 for 5 with three strikeouts, but Matt Nelson, the catcher, walked four times in this game. Down to high A, the Dayton Dragons, they won 7 0 over Great Lakes. Dragons now 64 and 62 on the season. And the Dragons are three games back with six games to play. But all six of those games are against the team in first place. Fort Wayne at home. That is Tuesday through Sunday. So if you live in the Dayton area or Cincinnati and can make the trip up, might be a fun week to go up and check out uh, the Dragons, especially with the Reds off on Thursday. That'd be a great day to go. Check them out as they're in a playoff chase. Uh, Edwin Arroyo, he was two for three, walked twice as well. Stole his 28th base of the year. Carlos Jorge, two for four, stole his 32nd base of the year between Daytona and Dayton. Hector Rodriguez was two for three. And Sal Stewart was one for five, also stole a base. He's got 14 between Dayton and Daytona. Uh, last but not least, uh, the Daytona Tortugas, they lost 9-4 to Dunden. Uh, Cam Collier, only really player of note. He was 0 for four in this game. All right, the Reds will start a series against the red-hot Seattle Mariners. Mariners 77-59. and They have a one-game lead in the AL West over the Rangers and Astros, who are tied for second place. So they're playing huge games just like the Reds the rest of the way. Since August 2nd, the Mariners are 22-7. and That is the best record in Major League Baseball. But they did just lose a series over a weekend to the New York Mets. Top of the Mariners order, J.P. Crawford, Julio Rodriguez, and Teoscar Hernandez all have an OPS over 1,000 
over the last 30 days. So they've been on fire. Mariners' bullpen has the second-best ERA in Major League Baseball. So the Reds will definitely have their work cut out in this series. And there are a lot of interesting storylines in this series. On Tuesday, Connor Phillips will make his Major League debut against the team that drafted and traded him. Noelvi Marte and Jake Fraley will be playing against the Mariners for the first time since being traded. The Reds will miss Luis Castillo, but A. Eugenio Suarez will be playing against the Reds for the first time in his entire career. Never placed the Reds even when he was with the Tigers before getting traded over to the Reds. Suarez is hitting just 232 with a 7-11 OPS on the season, but he does still typically bat in the top five of the order for the Mariners, and I'm sure Eugenio Suarez will be very motivated for this series. Oh, and last but definitely not least, Luke Weaver. He is the Mariners' long man in their bullpen, so plenty of really fun storylines to watch in the series. Series will be kicked off on Monday, Labor Day, a 4-10 start since it's Labor Day, and for the Reds, it's going to be TJ Antone uh, being used as an opener in this one. Uh, Antone's only thrown 28 pitches at his uh, uh, max outing um, during his rehab with Louisville Bats. Furthest he went was an inning in the third, so I would expect two innings absolutely max for Antone. Assuming the Reds probably make some sort of move to bring up some sort of bulk pitcher, most likely scenario, I guess, would be Michael Marriott. He would be on normal rest um, for the Louisville Bats. However, he has not been very good. They could also maybe just call up a guy like Casey Legamina. I'm assuming Brett Kennedy, since he kind of was left out to dry at the end of the game on Sunday, probably is the odd man out that goes down for the Reds to get another pitcher up. Reds will be going against rookie Brian Wu. He was the Mariners' sixth-ranked prospect when he was caught up on June 3rd. He's got a 4.15 ERA and 13 starts this season, coming off six shutout innings against the A's. All right, the rest of the NL wildcard race, the teams in action, uh, started at 220. Uh, the Giants will be playing at the Cubs. Logan Webb going for the Giants against Justin Steele for the Cubs. And then at 410, the Diamondbacks will be going against the Rockies. Diamondbacks, uh, Merrill Kelly on the hill. Rockies, Peter Lambert. The Marlins will be off. We'll try to keep you updated each day. Uh, there's only a couple weeks left. Red's only 23 games left on who's going each day and where everything stands. Uh, Chatterbox Reds live on YouTube. Be on about 6.30. We'll go live in the ninth inning. Reds and Mariners. So make sure you're subscribed to Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. Hit that bell in the right corner. Turn on notifications so you don't ever miss out when we go live. If you could just leave us a quick five-star review wherever you're listening to this podcast, we continue to really appreciate that. I know a lot of you already have, but if you haven't, just please do that for us. We would really, really appreciate it. Well, I hope you have a great Monday. Have a great Labor Day. And as always, go Reds.